0: One of my friends got really into Magic the Gathering. Really? Okay. Uh, like, way too into it. And uh,
1: we had How have, into it was he?
0: Uh, we had to have an intervention with him. Oh, shit. Okay. I got real. I'm unloading the meat. I'm loading the meat. I'm loading the meat. I'm loading the meat. I'm loading the meat. I don't even know
1: what it means. What it is. What it is. What it is. What it is. What it is, what it is. This episode of Unloading Me is not brought to you by your favorite local dispensary who could be sponsoring this episode. Hey, local dispensaries, I love this bong. This cartridge and pen. Ooh, this new cartridge I haven't opened yet. What's that? What? This ad's for non-spoking? They don't want drug use in this ad? Oh. What was I saying? I'm high as fuck. Is that thing on? Alright guys. Are you ready for this? I said are you fucking ready? This next guy coming in to the Unloaded Meat Studios is the one, the only, the electrifying, because he's a fucking electrician, Jace Kinzer. What's up Jace? How's it going, man? Dude, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. No problem, man. Uh, Hopefully you didn't have a bad time or a hard time getting here.
0: Oh, no. Uh, Bartlesville's not as bad as where I grew
1: up. Yeah. Oh, really? (laughs) No. Where'd you grow up? Vertigris. Oh, yeah. We talked about that off off camera, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, first off, how did you get from Vertigris to this Tulsa scene? So, growing up out there, I mean, there's not really shit to do. Yeah.
0: Um, Garrett Barbie knows better (laughs) than anybody else. Shout out to Garrett Barbie. He was great on here. Love that motherfucker. Um, But I found some friends uh, in Vertigris that were hanging out in Tulsa and started hanging out in Tulsa at a very young age and uh, sneaking into bars and shit. Nice. Um, Yeah. Now that I'm as old as I am, looking back, I'm like, in hindsight, (laughs) it probably wasn't a fucking good idea. But uh, yeah, shout out to Yeti.
1: Um, Shout out to Yeti. Don't know him, but shout out. (laughs) It, tried was a, to help. it was
0: a really cool bar back in the day. Oh, okay. It, it, it closed down, but uh, yeah.
1: Then I, you know, retrieve my or renege on my uh, shout out because they're no longer there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, that's what happens when you improper shout out guys and you don't know who the fuck you're shouting out.
0: <laughs> it was uh, It's now Empire uh, Slice House. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that building. But uh, a lot of good memories there. Nice. But uh, yeah, no, I just had a couple friends that were hanging out in Tulsa and uh, I got brought along when I like 15 didn't have a car we just go out and hang out there um
1: yeah that's about that's
0: how i wandered myself into tulsa <laughs>
1: how long have you been in the scene for comedy as far as total you think? Uh, a
0: year and six months
1: year and six months yeah okay so damn coming up how you enjoying it so far like what is, what is give me some of your uh takes on the scene so far what how are you feeling about the tulsa scenes right now i mean i
0: love i love doing comedy like it's it, my dad used to buy me like richard pryor nice. vinyls whenever i was growing up like every year for my birthday he'd buy me like a new comedy vinyl nice and to like throw my record player and um that's i mean that's how i grew up i grew up watching seinfeld with him i didn't like i wasn't allowed to watch pokemon but my dad's
1: <laughs> like, what
0: my dad's fucking version of us like bonding and like enjoying things together entertainment wise was him and I sitting and watching Seinfeld. Okay. Um I or can dig anything it. Anything that had to do with Mel Brooks. Like my dad showed me uh blazing saddles when I was ten. Ooh,
1: yeah. I love blazing saddles. Yeah,
0: that is a I mean you obviously couldn't do that today. No. But um it's fucking funny. Yeah. Um but yeah, that kind of led me there like in my like in the back of my head. But I was going through kind of a bad breakup. Whenever um I started doing comedy, and that really pushed me more into it. So for the first year I was doing comedy, I was I was going to every mic, like five days out of the week if I could.
1: Damn.
0: And also waking up at six a.m. And after that first year, I was like, I'm gonna give myself a little bit of a break. Yeah. And like I was I was emotionally like exhausted from it. Um. But yeah, the all, the first time I went up, I lost a game of rock paper scissors. Really to my buddy, and he was like, "Say you're so fucking funny, like, Rochambeau for it, go up," <laughs> and I haven't stopped.
1: Nice. Yeah. I I love hearing people's unique stories, of like how they started. Yeah. Like and like that that that's pretty cool. That's the, I've never heard a Rochambeau open mic or going up for date, Yeah.
0: I didn't expect to ever even end up doing this. Yeah. But because I'm I'm not really, I was I was nonverbal until I was about six. Really. Yeah. So, talking for fun now is kind of weird,
1: yeah, um, I can relate um I mean, I went through speech therapy uh growing up, and like I have a little bit of a speech- i have what they call a, a fat tongue or a lazy tongue, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, of course, everything on me fat is fat, but like uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah uh spoiler deprecation yeah spoiler alert (laughs) (laughs) but uh no i i went through speech therapy and i have a lot of uh anxiety about my speech impediment sometimes and like it doesn't really come up and most of the time when i bring it up people don't even say they notice Mm -hmm. it's not until i bring it up and i get really in my head about it that it starts coming out and i start stumbling over my tongue yeah and then you start picking it up and it's more like once i start thinking about it I fuck, my, I fuck myself up. I get in my own head. Oh, yeah, for sure. As you can hear me uh. say the word fuck. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get into comedy? So, I tried it. I've always been a fan. Yeah. Um. I, I tried it, and I've talked on the podcast before. I I tried, about, at this time, it's about 15 years ago. Um. Long story short, I did a show, did a couple on mics, and I thought I was banned for a bit, and it came out, it was some behind the scenes yeah um but anyway i was like okay i'm banned from this place i stopped for 15 years or 14 years because i didn't think it was the loony bin anyway last year katie styles did an open mic at Tulsa comedy club like a may or so and i was just like i saw I it. that woman i love that woman <laughs> to death uh she is my final guest of season one it's gonna come out in june okay. she's the in a way i end the season all right And we had a fucking great episode it was like two yeah. hours okay. um i love that woman to death but uh she did an open mic and i was like hey i'm gonna try tried it and literally as i went up I was one of the last three she get handed in a note from tulsa comedy club and she goes unfortunately the last three we're gonna have to cut you down to four minutes each up next jared ralphie allen and as i'm walking up i have to shave a minute off my set what and i'm fuck? like fuck so i'm like of course i don't do great yeah.
0: it's
1: not it's not good um and yeah we can leave this part in but like i it wasn't great um Especially when I had parts where I'm, like, bending over a stool comparing how me and my ex-wife gave blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> as, as one is to do. Um, <laughs> but um, I got through it and got my nerves yeah. out, and I had a good time. And then I didn't go back for a while, and then Roscoe had one in January of this year. Mm-hmm. And actually, backtracked for the Katie Styles one. After I got my feet wet, and I was like, okay, I can do this. Like this is fun. I got my energy. Like I, when I'm on stage, I'm fucking alive. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you feel something similar when you're like performing. It's just something like clicks in your it's, head.
0: It's something that like it I just comes out. Yeah. Because I'm not a very outgoing human being. Neither I'm am I. Very introverted. I don't like. I have my people. I don't really dwell Socialized. outside yeah. of. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely stay in my comfort zone with my my comfort people.
1: Yeah. I'm the same exact way. But when um, I get on
0: stage, I am able to. Just it just shuts off. Yeah.
1: Isn't it crazy? Yeah. It's like never, we're meant to be there or something like that. It's just like we finally found our place kind of thing. At least for hey, me.
0: You know, I mean comedy in general is just a band of misfits and broken toys.
1: That's fucking um, facts.
0: Yeah. Like and I love it. Yeah. Like all all these toys aren't broken, but yeah,
1: they yeah. all belong together. <laughs> I'm a little high right now, so we're You're going good. a little back and forth. Um
0: I'm sleep deprived, so we're on <laughs> the same page.
1: Yeah. Wonder wonder twin powers activate. <laughs> Form of, slow. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but like I did that Katie Styles one, got my feet wet, and I was like, okay, something clicked here. I'm I'm supposed to be doing something on the stage or something like that. Yeah. So I'd already been working on this podcast and this set and everything like that for like a year or so in COVID, but like it's beautiful. Thank you, thank you. I I appreciate that, man. Uh, but like I worked on it and I was still trying to figure out what it was going to be. Yeah. So I spent that time from, like, May or so when she did that in 2022 till about January 2023, just kind of formulating all this, getting this built and finished up and getting cameras and everything set up. And then in January, I saw go had an open mic. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go for it. Mm-hmm. Did an open mic. Did a good five minutes. So much so that he said, hey, if I call your name, one of these uh, five people at the end, come see us afterwards. And I was one of the five. Yeah. And then he was like, hey, we're going to go out to. Oh, the- I
0: remember the. Was it the. Uh. Colony? Showcase set they did. They were, like, doing a, like... Well, it was, an
1: open, it was an open mic uh, yeah, like in January.
0: set of that open mic one a spot-on...
1: I don't remember if it was that or not. Um, it was just... I, I just went to this open mic. Okay. Um, it was the Tulsa Comedy Club.
0: Oh, shit. Okay, no, different one. Okay. Yeah.
1: But, like, I, he just like, hey, if I call your name afterwards, come see us afterwards, or something like that. And I was mm-hmm. one of, like, the five names. And so we hung out with him and Katie afterwards. That's where I first met them, t- us mm-hmm. two. And... They invited me out to the colony, and uh, Conrad was having a show out there, I gotcha. think. Uh, and then Missy was out there, and a whole bunch of other people in the mm-hmm. basically it was like everybody in the Tulsa scene was there that night at the colony for like just hanging out. A lot of people. I met Zachy even that night, and a couple other people. Um, it was in January. It was a colony show. Some bands. I I may have met you there. I don't know if you were not. Yeah,
0: uh, no, I think I would, yeah, I met
1: you there. Okay, yeah,
0: that's for sure. Yeah.
1: So I met a whole bunch of people there. And Rosco kind of like went my way, one by one and like introduced me. He was like, "Hey, this is Jared Ralvial. He did Open Mic tonight. Very funny." And he didn't have to do oh, that. Oh yeah,
0: that's how that's, that's how we how, met. That's how we met. Holy
1: shit! Yeah, that night. And low key, that night changed my life because I was like, I finally found my fucking people. Like I felt yeah. so embraced and happy, and like I had a great set for my first really time doing it that year. Yeah. And that's what changed his entire podcast because I was like, somebody should be doing a show and talking to these people. Well, and interesting,
0: I was, but damaged, yeah.
1: Yeah, but like you know what I mean? I was just like, there's yeah. so much talent here. There's so much fucking, like, that night I had people playing live music. There was burlesque people there. There were people from the stand-up show. Yeah. All mixing together in Tulsa at the so colony.
0: there's a picture of, I'm not sure if you're in it, but we're all, like, by the pool table mm-hmm. out back of the col Or in the back of the colony. Yeah. And I had, I, I showed my mom the picture. I was like, these are my, like, my my friends I've met through comedy. Yeah. He was like, y'all look so, like, just a maj podge of fucking Yeah. Hair. I'm like, yeah. It's a motley crew of fucking... But it fucking works, right? Yeah, it works. Yeah. Like, all of us, we just... The cohesion between our personalities is fucking amazing.
1: Like a Fast and the Furious poster. Yep. It's all about fucking family.
0: <laughs> God damn it. Not the Fast and Furious. <laughs>
1: you um, can be Jason Momoa with the hair.
0: <laughs> I gotta get a little bit bigger. A little bit. Um...
1: I mean, you could steal some from me. <laughs> no, but
0: back onto the like, starting comedy. So Evan Hughes put me on my first show. Okay. Um, I reached out to him, and uh, basically just, he's the only person I knew at the time, personally, that would be able to give me advice on it. He was, just gave me a list of open mics and stuff. And then the next day he was like, hey, do you want to be on the show at Heirloom? I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't say no to stuff. Yeah. Uh that's one rule that I have is I don't say no, no matter if I have to drive to Kansas City to do stand up i don't I don't say no, yeah, um, but I go do this show at heirloom and i I did in my mind really well for a first show, yeah, um in hindsight, like where I'm at now, it was dog shit, but I felt really good about it, yeah, and then Missy came up to me after shout out mom
1: <laughs> shout out missy love you fam love you
0: she's my comedy mom um
1: she's a lot of our comedy moms like yeah. honestly
0: she is an emotional support human being
1: yeah she is she is and we but, love you missy
0: um but yeah she came up to me and she was like hey uh do you want to be friends essentially <laughs> and i love then, i
1: love that that's, okay. that's that's her
0: yeah brought me into like the group of people that i know now um and from then on, just like best friends, um, JB is another one that uh, really kind of took me under his wing. JB Watkins. Oh, yeah.
1: Shout out JB. I love JB.
0: Uh, I'm gl- Make sure. I remember when he went to Chicago, and I was like, shit, man. We're losing one of the good ones. <laughs> I was kind of mad at him, and then came back.
1: We see. I mean, there's been. there's. There's several people I've heard in this scene that have gone to Chicago and come back or like have dabbled in Chicago. And I know it's a very popular place for comedy, of course. Oh, yeah. I mean, but it just, I've, I've seen, I mean, I think, what, there's not that I'll name them on there, but I've heard several people go to Chicago or have been affected by Chicago in this Tulsa scene.
0: But, uh, and then, so after my, like, I separated with my uh, fiance, uh, had to find a new place to live, obviously. And I wanted to stay in Tulsa because the other option was going out to Bristow, yeah. And that would have been really hard for me to be coming and doing comedy. And Roscoe let me, uh, Rosco and Katie let me stay in their sunroom. Oh wow! For a couple months while I figured stuff out, and uh, that was honestly the best thing. Like, so fucking helpful yeah. for keeping me in comedy. I was leaving Yeti one night, and uh, I stumbled out. And this cop was, like, slow rolling by. And um, I kind of, I guess I stumbled a little bit, which is probably true. <laughs> but he yelled probably. at me, and he was like, hey, stop. And I looked at him and said, fuck no, and then just ran. As, as, as one, one is would, to do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was like,
0: it, it's just me being defiant. Yeah. I was like, fuck you, no. Um, got tackled. Got put in moss for, uh, a week and a half. It's like a tackle? Yeah, oh, yeah. No, with all of his gear on, too. It was super oh. fun. Um. <laughs> I had, like, a uh, quarter pound of weed in my backpack. So, yeah. But, uh, everything got dropped because he beat the shit out of me. Holy fuck, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I spent, oh, a week and a half in moss and, uh, didn't call anyone. I was like, I'm just gonna ride this out until I go to court. Um. Ended up going to court. Judge was like, well, since his body cam footage shows him beating the shit out of you, uh, we can't really do anything about this. Yeah. Um, so stop being a shithead. <laughs> have fun. <laughs> and I walked home. I lived on 11th and Yale with my brother. Uh, and I walked home. and He's like, where the fuck have you been? I was like, you didn't put out like a missing persons report about me for a week and a half.
1: You asshole. <laughs> family <laughs> yeah
0: i love my brother he's he's awesome but uh no, he and i moved into that house when my parents moved to minnesota i was about 17 so a 17 year old and a 21 year old living in a house by themselves just
1: chaos debauchery. It? yeah it was debauchery <laughs> its what finance. could go wrong
0: oh it like we had like four or five friends that were revolving doors living in the house oh shit Um, one of our buddies was a welder, so, like, on the pipeline, so he'd, like, be gone for three months and then just show up at the door and be like, hey, you still got that inflatable mattress? I'm back in town. But, yeah, no, that house was, it was just full of life. (laughs) We had, uh, we used to invite the entire bar back to the house. Like, the parties there were just stupid. (laughs) But it was this like quaint little neighborhood right next to, to you. Yeah. And all of our neighbors were over the age of probably sixty. Um, our neighbor to our right was a pastor. Oh wow. Um, who would come over and smoke weed and drink with us all the fucking time. Nice. Awesome dude. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um that sounds like not gonna a, name yeah. him, but fuck yeah. <laughs> it's an awesome neighbor.
0: Yeah. Um he was also a social worker and uh one night my brother and I were smoking on the back porch. And we heard the loudest explosion I've heard in my entire life. And I've shot Tannerite before. <laughs> okay. And someone came by, like, so I said he was a social worker. He was working a case on this family that was, like, abusing their children. Oh, and he shit. got them rehomed to, like, a better place. Um, and the family found, or the parents found out where he lived. Oh. They fuck. made a fucking bomb. Like a homemade pipe bomb and put it in their trash can and it blew up.
1: Did it like any like hurt them or anything? Oh, it
0: shattered all of our front windows and their front windows because it sent shrapnel everywhere. But did it hurt
1: the people or anything? Oh no, no.
0: They they were asleep. We were the only one it was like four AM.
1: Because I have to decide if it's horrible or hilarious, depending on how hard. I mean, we can make it funny no matter what. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Punch it up. (laughs) (laughs) Punch that shit up, Jace. Okay. I'm yeah. loading meat. You got to yeah. punch this shit up. <laughs> we got to have some t- fucking like, you know, blow up dolls going everywhere or something like that. You know, something.
0: No, but that, that house was <laughs> that house was a fucking uh, great time and place that should never happen again. I remember one morning after one of the parties we had, I walked outside to go smoke a cigarette and uh, uh, enjoy my regret of what I ingested last night. Yeah. And uh, I look over at our front porch bushes. And someone had taken bush light cans and stabbed them onto the branches so it looked like the bush was growing bush light. What the fuck? Like like eighty of them. I was like that Why? That took so much effort. Yeah and it's so fucking funny, I can't even be mad about it. Yeah. Uh, oh, I left them there for a couple weeks. I was like, this is hilarious, and I'm not changing it. It's, it's like just, these are just decorations. Yeah.
1: It's fucking art.
0: Yeah, it, it it was honestly like just very obscure. Could have art. been
1: Shia LaBeouf during that period of his time, where he was
0: doing those fucking art installations everywhere, some Banksy shit right there. Yeah, um, yeah, but no, uh, living over there, and then I moved to Colorado for a while. Okay, um, I worked at a startup out there, but it was it was kind of a weird uh, culture shock moving there. Okay, because I'm used to like. People in Oklahoma that are like genuinely nice, but they say like mean shit to each other. Out there, they're passive aggressively nice, like they'll honk at you and then wave at you and smile, kind of shit.
1: Yeah, that is kind of passive aggressive. Yeah. yeah, I was wondering. I was waiting for the example, and I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, that matches. That, yeah. That, yeah, that's it. That tracks. Uh,
0: <laughs> it, it's kind of like how people say Minnesota nice. It just it's just passive aggressive. Don't you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Nova but, Scotia. Uh, uh. <laughs> that's why my, that's my minnesota my my parents lived in minnesota for about two years and i went up to visit them uh, maybe once yeah it was, it was one time and uh yeah i fucking hate it up there <laughs> my ex is from wisconsin and every single time we go up there and visit fuck that place really i don't it's cold it's unlivable and all the restaurants even like mcdonald's has patios yeah for Their two months of the year that they can use them,
1: <laughs> yeah. I was like, like Why what the fuck? Why would you? <laughs> that's a good point.
0: I don't understand why you that's, yeah. It's like,
1: uh, um, I dated a girl once and from Albany, uh, New York, and she flew me up there a couple times. And uh, well, I she flew me up there once and I flew up there once, you know, back and forth. Um, anyway, the first time I went up there was like right in the like right before a blizzard happened and we got snowed in, yeah, and like. We were just trapped there in a weekend. Like she lived on this, du- this double wide and had a fucking back porch, and the oh, whole shit. back porch was just fucking covered. Like, you couldn't even get out the sliding door; it was just covered <laughs> in ice and snow, so much so she goes, "Oh, there's no problem. We're used to this." Yeah, like um, like you could open the sliding door, and it was just nothing but snow, just a wall of snow. You couldn't even see out. So we just started putting the beers through the ice, and we would just have a sliding door for the fridge, and basically it was like a fridge for the beers out there on the snow, and it worked great. When I lived in Colorado, we
0: uh we would just set our 30s out in the back patio. Yeah. It's like, we don't need to fill the fridge with beer. It's fucking cold as shit outside. Yeah. I remember getting snowed. So, in in Colorado, their version of Vegas is called Black Hawk, mm-hmm. and it's up on this fucking mountain. It's just this strip of fucking casinos and bars and all sorts of shit. You can just
1: smell the syphilis from here. Yeah,
0: really. <laughs> like, literally, you can. Um but we would go up there all the time and I would play table games and we'd gamble and just have fun. And the first time a blizzard hit us, yeah, we got snowed the fuck in on top of this mountain. I was like, I have to go to work tomorrow. Fuck. I was like, I'm gonna get fired. <laughs> I I don't know what to do about this. So I call my boss and I'm like, hey, I'm up on top of this mountain. There's a shit ton of snow. Like I literally can't even see my GTI at this time. Like yeah. it's covered. Like you can't see cars he's like oh don't worry about it just get out of there when you can he's like what
1: <laughs> just whenever you know like
0: oh that's normal here holy yeah. fuck great yeah thank you for letting me still have my job <laughs> um now living up there was a honestly a blast and uh and just life-changing a little bit but i always end up drifting back to tulsa no matter where i move um, I lived in Arkansas for a while. Uh, I went to school there at U of A and uh, got my degree in psychology. And now I'm an electrician. If that gives any kids <laughs> in the world out there that want to go to college and think that that's actually going to help them anything, uh, yeah, don't go to school. <laughs> Learn
1: a trade. Uh, um, I mean, I I went to uh, I can say I went to RSU for a semester and I flunked out because I got addicted to World of Warcraft. <laughs> But, hey, that's how I met that chick in fucking Albany, and she flew me up there. True story. I was like a a wow whore. Really? Yeah, literally. I had four different women. Three of them were successfully that wanted me to fly down there and basically fuck them. Um, (laughs) That's fucking awesome. Including my first wife. (laughs) True story. Um, I met my first wife. I love that for you. I met my first wife in WoW, um, and... Yeah, she was in San Antonio, and I eventually moved her up here and married her. And then, you know, that didn't work out. (laughs) So, spoiler, I didn't pay for the next expansion. Um, (laughs) uh, Hashtag child support. Um, Oh,
0: God. Nah.
1: Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that happened. And then I had that chick in Albany, and then I had another chick in Durant, Oklahoma. me to that place. Yeah. Uh, This is a true story, though. Yeah, we're gonna go to a single here for this story. Um after the chicken Albany flew me up there, there was a guy you know, are, are you familiar with WoW at all or like yeah, those game yeah, games? There's yeah. like things called guilds, it's like groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we were all in a guild and stuff like that. Um so I was fucking her. There was a guy named his character's name was like Hefith or something like that. He was in there and he was trying to get in with her, but she like denied him. And like as I got there in Albany, like she was playing WoW and like he was in there, like, who you hanging out with? And she was like He's like, so-and-so's there with you? Like, he freaked out. Yeah. Flash forward to, like, a year later, I'm with this other chicken, Durant, and she played WoW, and, like, I went down there, mm-hmm. and couldn't find out I'm there to take her out on her birthday, just because I was basically the revenge fuck. Oh, God. Yeah, Um. I found out that as I got down there, she broke up with her boyfriend, but he was still living there, and he had a broken leg and had a cast, and so he was just living on the couch at the front door, and so as I went to pick her up for her birthday date, he's at the front door, and I'm like, Hi. And I picked her up and fucked the, sh- fucked the shit out of her. But anyway, yeah. um, as I'm there, she's playing WoW in her back room, and we're all in the group. And Hefes is in the guild and stuff like that. Still, and yeah. he was trying to hit on her. And so, like for a second time, I cockblocked him with two different people, <laughs> one in Drain, Oklahoma, one in Albany. The same dude got Backed cockblocked. Back. Yeah, and, like he was like in the group too, and he was just like trying to hit on her. And it was just a running joke that yeah, I- I'm the guild master, bro. Oh, you're two and zero, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I always use protection. I brought a shield. Plus one stamina.
0: <laughs> no, I played WoW for a little bit. I was more into RuneScape. Okay. Yeah, uh, I could see it on that kind of, I guess, subject. One of my friends got really into Magic: The Gathering. Really? Okay. Uh, like way too into it, and uh
1: we had how to have, into it was he?
0: Uh, we had to have an intervention with him.
1: Oh shit! Okay, I yeah. <laughs> <That> got. Re- <laughs> that's gonna be the clip for the fucking
0: intro we literally had to have a fucking intervention with him about this shit (laughs) he was spending his entire paycheck on magic the gathering fuck so a grand like every two weeks was going straight to magic cards oh
1: my god for
0: my birthday one year he gave me the jace card and i was like oh buddy thank you but uh also stop buying magic <laughs> you are ruining your life
1: it was this is where we get the fucking like mbc the more you know dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah
0: no i i never thought i'd be a part of a intervention because that yeah. shit sounds weird as fuck to yeah. me. i mean i i, I watch hoarders for funsies to make yeah. myself
1: feel better yeah um but I just end up marrying them. Um, <laughs> but or I'm, maybe I am one. No, this is fucking decorative. <laughs> this is this is beautiful. Yeah, no, this is okay. I I this is art. My ex, you hear that? Can't you hear that, family? You hear that, mom and dad? This is fucking art. It's fucking art. <laughs> <laughs> They're not toys. They are action figures and collectibles. Very collectible. Yeah, um, except for the plush. Those are dolls.
0: Um, no. Or uh, the house I lived in on Riverside with my ex.
1: Uh wait, I, you're a Riverside person? Yeah. When I lived in Tulsa, I was on Riverside. Yeah. yeah.
0: 45th. I live right next to the disc golf course. I fucking
1: I was 81st Riverside. I was in those apartments across from where the fucking casino is now.
0: Oh yeah. No, my brother lived in those for a while. Really? Yeah. Um, but we lived on 45th, so I could walk across the street to play disc golf every fucking day. Nice. Um But yeah, in that house, like I had all my Pop Funkos or Funko Pops, whatever the fuck you want to call them. Yeah. Um and all of my expensive nerdy, is we- expensive as fuck. Uh, all of my nerdy shit had to stay in the sunroom. It was a rule. It was how sun was the sunroom. It was a converted garage that was turned into a sunroom. Was it letting in a lot of sun? No. Okay. I
1: was just I was no. worried about your collectibles getting fucking sun damage. Oh
0: no, I had blackout curtains.
1: Okay. Okay. Thank you because you said I hear sunroom and all my collectibles had to stay in there and I'm like, no. Oh no. No. <laughs> Like, I don't even have these lights going on all the time, except for when I have a guest. Uh, But
0: (laughs) I wasn't allowed to decorate anything inside the house, like, inside the house, because all of my shit was, like, I mean, stolen street signs and (laughs) pop funkos and just random, like, it was a hodgepodge of my past that was just either punk or nerdy. Yeah. And, or just blatantly bumpkin shit. Um, like I had a pair of cowboy boots that were put in a fucking shadow box, uh, that I got They're The first dirt bike I had, I got in a wreck and they were fucked up. Yeah. And, but it was memory. It was bit symbolic. It was new, yeah. yeah. They were just like torn to shreds by fucking, uh, barbed wire. And my dad made a shadow box and put them in there. He was like, they're still covered in blood. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of cool though. Yeah. Do you
1: have a picture of it? Uh, I don't have to worry about it. I want to see it sometimes I was to try to say it. like, that sounds cool. I'm not sure if I... They still have them, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'd like to see it. That sounds cool.
0: Yeah, downsizing from that house because it was a two bedroom uh, to a studio apartment was, I had to like, they live out in Bristow. They have a shop. And my, I went over there the other day, and my mom was like, Yeah, and that top row of boxes, all your shit. <laughs> I was like, Cool. I don't know what's in there. Yeah. Uh, but thanks for hanging on to it for me. When I was supposed to be getting married, we went in jointly with my parents and my brother to buy 50 acres out in Bristow. Oh, okay. Um, there was the house on the, on the land already, and it was like a log cabin, fucking basement, two stories, awesome house. Uh, after the breakup, obviously, I wanted to stay back in Tulsa because everything I do is here. Yeah. Or there. Yeah. Since we're in Bartlesville right yeah. now. Shout um, out to Bartlesville and
1: Tulsa. <laughs> I'm your hat. I'm Tulsa's hat.
0: But, uh, yeah, no, going out there is really fun because it kind of reminds me of growing up out in Vertigris. We had 10 acres out there and just shot guns all the time. Yeah. Like, I, I can't count how many times I've been hurt doing stupid shit. Yeah. Like, dirt bike wrecks. I got shot one time. Um, where at? And with what? Buckshot or? Uh, no, it was a 22. Oh, okay. Revolver. Um, we were going out to cut some trees down on the public land next to our house. And um, obviously, when you go out there, you take so, a gun because yeah. there's, there's animals out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so I had this 22 revolver. It was a piece of shit. My dad bought me. Um, Did you shoot yourself? Gravity shot me. <laughs> a likely story. <laughs> so I had holstered my pistol in the. we were in the shop. And uh, I holstered my pistol. And I didn't fucking clip it. And my brother started fucking with me. And like, like trying to punch me basically. Yeah. And I jumped and it fell out and fell straight to the ground on its hammer, pointed directly at my leg. Went off. I'm like, oh shit. Like it was more shell shock than anything. Because yeah. it was so fucking loud. Yeah. Um, so my dad's like, all right, everybody okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, are you good? He's like, yeah. So we started like kind of looking ourselves over and he goes, Oh, fuck. It's like, look at your fucking leg. It's like, what? And I see this tiny little hole in my in my jeans. Oh. I'm fuck. like, God damn it, man. And I didn't feel anything at the time. So I was like, maybe it just grazed me, because I don't f I my brother called me, he made a freaking uh tombstone joke. And uh he's like, I'll be your Huckleberry. Um <laughs> So i started chasing him i'm like there can't be a bull in my leg if i'm running after someone yeah. there's no way so my mom's taking a nap my dad and brother are like we're not telling mom about this yet we're gonna go to minor emergency and figure out if you're actually shot they before we did that they actually ran a... figure out
1: if you're actually shot yeah that, that's a great line
0: that's that's my family yeah. <laughs> Like among <laughs> among all the shit that's happened to me, like pain wise, that was like eh. um just just, just a yeah, little. Just that's like a two on the scale of Jace's hurt. Um but we go to minor emergency after they had run a like a metal detector that was covered in cobwebs over my open wound. What the fuck? Because that would totally work. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Um. <laughs> but we go to minor emergency. And they're like, alright, we're gonna do
1: an x-ray By the way, I just love the way that you I love the, the phrase, minor emergency
0: Yeah, no, like uh, <laughs> We didn't go to the hospital We went to a fucking clinic To make sure I was shot or not um, But yeah, they do the x-ray And like, we're sitting in the waiting room And the burning starts in my leg And yeah. I'm like, fuck oh oh yeah no this is definitely real of oh, adrenaline everything wearing off oh right. yeah like it, it took about an hour and a half for me to start really feeling anything and then they did the x-ray and it was really painful they were like they brought the x-ray out oh, like they didn't like show me on a wall they just held it up they were like you have a bolt in your leg <laughs> go to the fucking hospital <laughs> It was a really fun moment for me, like, Dad, why? He's like, well, we... Money. (laughs) True story. I mean, as an adult now, yeah, reality. Yeah, Unless you're, like, on fire or bleeding, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I don't have kids, and it's probably good that I don't with that philosophy. But, yeah. yeah. But we went to the hospital, and as soon as we get there, a fucking... uh, TPD officer walks in to uh, interview me. Yeah. Or investigate. He's like, so uh, no one, do you you shot yourself? Or did one of them shoot you? And I was like, gravity shot me, you cunt. (laughs) Because normally on revolvers, there's a safety feature, unless they're shitty and from China, um, where the hammer has to be pulled back for the pin to get hit. Yeah. This one didn't have that, so it just it just hit the pin and fired. But I'm looking at this dude and I'm like, if one of them had shot me, I would have shot him back. The fuck? No, it. Yeah. Like, this isn't like it's not a crime. Like it, it was an accident. He was like, okay, for sure. It was very like accusatory of yeah. my brother and dad sitting there in the
1: room with me. Like, isn't it, isn't it great? Sometimes when it feels really shady, sometimes like that shit. Yeah. That's the bolt in my leg though. Oh, nice yeah no it's still in there oh really yeah so airports W look at the like pictures
0: i thought that was gonna be a problem to be totally honest with you uh whenever the first time i flew after i was like walking through i was like are they gonna fucking stop me no yeah. it, 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 it's not enough metal to actually show up but um good to know no whenever they whenever i was in the hospital they were like i was in the middle of playing uh competitive soccer. I was traveling around the country, yeah, playing uh OPL league and um they were like, "Well, well, if we take the bullet out of your leg, we'll have to tear a shit ton of muscle out of your right leg." Oh, to get fuck. to it. And I was like, "How bad would it be if you just left it in there?" And they're like, "Well, it's it, it'll push its way out." I was like, "Okay, cool. Let's go with that one so I can keep uh kicking things." Yeah. for fun. Oh uh, no, it's it's super fucking painful still.
1: Like it's yeah, it's a foreign body in your in your body. Yeah. yeah,
0: um, you can actually fucking feel one of the pieces of it still in my leg. That's fucking. It's gross. like it's right That's in, fucking gross. It's right in front of my. <laughs> it's right in front of my shin, and like you can feel it trying to push its way out. If I like if I walk too much in a day, I start feeling kind of pressure on the front of my shin. I'm like, mm, just fall out already. <laughs>
1: Well man, uh it's about that time you got any questions for me? Hmm. The great Jace Kinzer on Unloading Meat. What made you want to start doing this podcast? It's a fucking good question. Just gotta say it. Um honestly, podcasts like um Two Bears One Cave, Tiger Belly with Bobby Lee and stuff like that, those I can honestly say saved my life. Mm-hmm. Um, during COVID, at the height of it and stuff, I got pretty fucking low. And you know, I deal with depression, anxiety. I lost my marriage during COVID. Like I went, I I lost everything pretty much. Yeah. I went off the deep end during COVID. Um, became a real rec- recluse, and I was just looking for somebody or just things to watch and stuff. You know, there wasn't a lot of entertainment back then. A lot of times. Um, and I started watching podcasts on YouTube and stuff, and I started seeing these comedians that were like at the height of their game, like Tom Segura and stuff like that, and they're mm-hmm. trapped. Yeah. just like me they're trapped in their house or whatever and they needed an outlet and so they started putting everything into their podcast. the good ones yeah. you know everybody has a podcast but there's a lot of them that weren't good there's some that are great and i could see these guys that were just like chomping at the bit to perform they were putting everything in their podcasts and they were telling like real life stories bobby lee talked about his trauma and his, his sexual abuse which yeah. you know i can identify with cuz i have some trauma in my my history of sexual abuse mm-hmm. um that kind of shit i really clicked with and that's what made me fall in love with podcasting was watching these comics just fall in love, you know, as an outlet. Mm-hmm. And I just got obsessed with podcasting, and that led me into, like, man, I could really do something with a studio over here. And it went through multiple iterations, and, you know, we talked earlier, like, there, there's 10 episodes I think I have filmed that I'll never see the light of day. That yeah. I tried different things, trying to make this podcast work, and... I had a friend that was a longtime roommate here that just refused to help me. And, like, I couldn't even get him to be like a fucking guy behind the scenes, just working the monitors and shit. Yeah. Because I couldn't rely on even a roommate to be like, hey, can you be around the corner and just fucking monitor this shit? He couldn't even give me the time of day on that shit. So, like, ended up, you know, I had to kick him out because also it was just, you know, personal shit. But, um. And that's what it turned into. I think
0: you're doing a great fucking job. Thanks, man. This is awesome. Um, everyone you've had on here, I think is. Just wonderful you bringing light to, especially Tulsa Comedy. Thanks. Um, like, we're an interesting group of people. Yeah. For sure. Um, outliers, for sure. And uh, voices that probably should be heard. Yeah. A little bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, my second guest ever was Missy. Um, well, technically, as far as recording, we had, we had some... Lynn K. reached out and did an episode, but we had some issues on hers that beginning the third episode. mm mm-hmm. But Missy came in, and, like, at the beginning of this, once I did that open mic, I was like, hey, I'm watching this podcast, I need guests, anybody want to come on? And I, I was just asking for anybody. Yeah. And the first two people were Lynn Kay and Missy. And I'll always be forever fucking grateful to them, because they didn't have to do that, they, they, no. you know, and they didn't know me. And especially, not that I'm trying to be sexist, but, like, as women, they're agreeing to come out from Tulsa to Bartlesville to a stranger's house and record. Yeah. That's a last, That's a that's a big ask, just coming from a bi- a guy. Sometimes, just I, I, I can I can, I can ask. You know, I can yeah. identify with that or yeah. you know respect that. Um, but Missy you're, came out. You're here.
0: aware of what stigma that might bring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I try an, to be aware of that. The fact that you're aware of that though tells me that you're not a bad person.
1: Well, I mean, I'm the only boy, and I have two older sisters, so okay. I've been raised with women. I've I have two daughters, and I've been married twice, so I've always been around women. And just always been respectful and, you know, just not protective, but, you know, protective in a way. But it's just like, you know, I've always been mindful of women Mm -hmm. and respectful. Just, you know, my upbringing and stuff like that. So, except for my first wife, who's a cunt. but (laughs) Fuck you. Um (laughs) I don't know you, but fuck you. Um (laughs) But, uh yeah, that lost topic. Um No, but you know what I mean? Like, so I just always been mindful of that. So when Misty came in here. And we had a fucking fantastic episode. And my second mm-hmm. episode out was, like, a two-hour episode or something. It was just a great fucking episode. Yeah. And this part will be trim. But, like, I really got to know her there. And I've told Trash, and I've told her this. And Preston was here, too, whenever. He, she brought him yeah. out here.
0: I remember then we hung out the night before they came oh, really? out here. Yeah. and That's uh, how I found out a, that you were doing podcasts. Oh, really? I was like, oh, shit. And I was, I didn't really know you well enough yet. Yeah. I was like, should I hit him up and see if he wants to have me on? Because yeah. that, that's something I might be interested in. Yeah. Even though I've never done this before, but um, yeah, uh, this is you're doing a really good job, dude. Well, thanks, man. Like, um,
1: I, I, this is my passion, as you can see. Like, like I really yeah. want people to see. Like, I feel that my stand up and my podcasting are both like like symbiotic. I can't separate them. I have to have them together. Yeah. Um, they feed each other. I, there's pot stories that come up on a podcast that I'll work into a stand up bit, and vice versa um there's things that work in different mediums yeah um and it's just and there's times where i can't get booked or there's times where i don't have the gas money to get up to fucking tulsa sometimes you know three to four days a week yeah so i'll invest that energy into here and it, it's still very rewarding because like i said i learned that from the podcast of like burt kreischer and them of like hey if you can put your time and focus it doesn't actually make it something that's still entertaining you can still scratch that itch
0: i think that like the whole like podcast switch during the pandemic was yeah. really like Changed the scene of, like, what comedy can be. Yeah. But the... Do you remember when people were trying to do fucking, like, uh video chat stand-up? That was so cringy. Yeah, like, Skype. Like, like,
1: it was like that Gal Gadot fucking Skype song. It
0: was fucking <laughs> awful.
1: Yeah. Um, I know
0: people have probably talked shit on this already. I'm not original about hating it. Yeah. But I watched one stand-up, like... It was like a thirty-minute, uh, set that this person was doing over, uh, what is the Skype or uh, not Skype? It's the one that beat out Skype. God damn it! What is it called? Uh, Zoom. Zoom. It, it yeah. was it was a Zoom call stand-up set.
1: Oh shit! What and could go wrong there?
0: Fucking everything. Because, <laughs> like what? What do you think's gonna happen there? Yeah, nothing. Like, you're going to, it's like doing, I honestly compare it to outdoor comedy. Like, I've seen people doing outdoor comedy. I'm like, that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't sound conducive to laughter or the laughter reaching me and letting me know that it landed. Yeah. I will um, say,
1: I will say like between the stand up and the podcasting world, it has helped me also just kind of hit where you're talking about is you also got to know your audience and know how to adjust your sets for what you're performing to. Yep. Um, last night, um, by the time i was there, last night I had a 10 minute set at Baby Roos. I actually went out at 11 minutes. Uh, Roscoe invited me out there, and I, yeah, I, uh, he didn't have to do that. Like, I, I, I'm, I got booked for the Go Theater in June. Nice. Um, and so I'm getting like about 10 minutes there, and I'm, that's my first time doing a big, a bigger set, really, as far as 10 plus minutes, kind of stuff like that.
0: Do you do like mostly clean comedy or? No. Okay. I'm pretty filthy. That's what my, so I did Looney Bin, Um, Roscoe talked me into going to Looney Bin one time yeah. and putting my name in the drawing. And I brought a person, so I got to go up. And my version of butt is fuck, and yeah. my version of um is cunt. Yeah. So, like, it was the most—I mean, I I did well. Yeah. But the entire time, I could feel that real part of me sitting back there going, Jay, stop acting like you're someone different. Yeah. Yeah. Can I?
1: Um, so I've been there a couple of times. I will say that as far as this, I don't it'll be cut or trim, but I'm trying to be honest.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. That as far as open mics in Tulsa, I I love all the open mics that we have. There's some great ones, but as far as an open mic with an actual comedy crowd, that's about the only one. Yeah. Besides, aside most,
0: from other comics being there. Yeah, which but
1: is, the, but well, the reason is they're they're they do their open mic right before they have their paid shows. So the guests are already there getting drinks and stuff and they're there for a comedy show. They want to laugh. They want to laugh and so they're more it's actually a better audience for just you know an actual general crowd. Yeah. Um I will say I don't like the rules too, but I can understand them from a point of view of As a business, they're giving a live mic to a complete stranger in front of paid people that are getting ready to go to a show. Yeah. So they are trying to be careful.
0: They don't know what you're going to go up there and do.
1: Yeah. So they have rules from the open mic. But then what I've also learned is, you know, if you're somebody like Roscoe or somebody that gets booked to to host it or does weeks or something like that, or even the book people, they can be filthy. They have free reign. They have free reign. They're, 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 They're looking for trust. So what I saw from there was hey, we don't know you yet, so we don't trust you yet, so be clean, here's four or five minutes, and then if we get, build a trust with you, eventually you can be a headline or something here and then go free reign. Well, that's really, what my understanding was.
0: So I, I first time I went up at Looney Bin, I was walking up and saying, don't say fuck, don't say fuck, don't say fuck. Get up there. And I was like, how the fuck are y'all doing tonight? <laughs> and I said, sorry, that's my one, and then just didn't cuss the entire rest yeah. of the time. Which is... Totally out of character for me. Um, it, was, it was just felt wrong. Yeah. Which I, I'm, I wouldn't say no to doing clean comedy ever again. It, it, it pays that, better. It I mean, pays way fucking better and you get booked on a lot yeah. more stuff.
1: This episode of Unloading Meat is not brought to you by your favorite mobile banking app such as Cash App. Man, I love using Cash App. Especially when I'm doing things other than buying drugs. Cash App. But
0: yeah, I, I fucking, this nerdy shit is, that, that's my, that's my brand.
1: I love this. I, I mean, this is my stuff. I mean, it really, I mean, it's nostalgia for the thing. Like I, I collected growing up, you know, I had Star Wars and stuff like that and Power Rangers really big into all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then around 17, 18, you know, I went to college and moved out. And around that time I was living in Tulsa Riverside. My parents had a house fire and we lost everything.
0: Oh shit. So
1: like everything I had from my childhood was toys wise, just fucking destroyed. Um, it wasn't done for the fire. It was from the water damage from the fucking fire. Uh, the, 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 what do you call it? The sprinklers. Not the sprinkler. The fucking um, fire department. They had the fucking oh. hoses and shit to put out the fire. So whatever to get fire damage got water damaged. Oh, fuck. Yeah. We were just two fronts ruined.
0: Oh. Um, I've done a lot of remodel work on houses that have been like house fires for electricians are a uh, shit show. Yeah. Having to fucking go back in after that shit is scary as hell.
1: That's, I mean, um, it was my mom's brand new dryer that shorted out and that's what caused the fire. She had a washer and dryer and it was right next to the the garage and they had a two story house in Copan. Mm I don't know if you know where Copan is. It's like right on the border. Um, but she started to load and she had her and the dogs in there and started smelling smoke and the dogs alerted her. She got out and the dryer exploded or caught a fire and her brand new Jeep, uh, jeep suv of the patriot i think it was yeah um she had that in the garage right next to the washer and dryer and it got to that and exploded the jeep and took the whole fucking second story of the house off holy fuck just a gigantic it looked like it looked like fucking like we had a fucking terrorist attack on our fucking house like uh i don't mean to laugh at that no still um, like fuck i'll find it later um i have pictures of it on my facebook but um it looks like big craters out of the fucking thing but yeah like lost all that shit so i didn't collect for a while and then I remember my first wife, I started collecting like WWE action figures. I'm big into wrestling. Um, and I had this wall, like all wrestling figures. And then around that divorce, lost it all, sold it all. You know, things yeah. Uh During the last one of the fights we had, I had a big replica Star Wars, Lego, Millennium Falcon, and X-Wing. And she fucking threw it and shattered them all. Dude,
0: I'm going to use my 401k when I retire to buy the Death Star Lego set. Yeah. Because I don't have three grand for that right now. But um, that would make my heart happy. <laughs>
1: Uh that was one of the first things when I got a little bit of money when, like after my first divorce. I had the Lego Millennium Falcon up there now. Uh-huh. I rebought it because I was like, I have to have it again. Yeah. Um I do I don't do a lot of Lego stuff, but I really want a good slave one, you know, Boba Fett ship. You can't even call it slave one now. It's now called like the Boba Fett ship because they don't want to use the word slave now.
0: The the PC slave yeah. ship, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking slave one. Yeah. Um
1: <laughs> I can guarantee you it wasn't a black guy that that fucking came up with that idea. No. Um, the ch- to rename it. Um, <laughs> I will say there's he's a one, bounty hunter. Like, there's,
0: there's one renaming that I fully support in the Brady Theater. Okay. Uh, fuck that. So I went. Evan, can
1: you elaborate? I'm not sure why I fa- I'm not following.
0: He was a clans member. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Now and since Garrett's been on and explained uh, how familiar we are with the clan and Verdigris, uh <laughs> shit oh it, it's so we didn't we weren't in high school at the same time he graduated a year before I was a freshman, okay, um, but yeah, no, we all fucked with the clan out there. <laughs> it was fun as fuck, like we go down like it was just
1: to clarify you fucked with them, not fucked with them,
0: like no, we <laughs> threw things out okay, them. good, yeah, um, we did not fuck with them like that uh, sorry, I look Aryan as hell. The local um, Walmart's
1: all sold out of fucking white sheets, even the kid sizes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it just reminded me of a, uh,
1: uh, Django when they're like,
0: "I can't see shit in this yeah, thing." I love uh, yeah. that's one
1: of my all time favorite scenes of like any movie. Like it's that whole fucking raid scene. It's like with my life
0: was up all night cutting holes. You ungrateful motherfuckers!
1: <laughs> I can't see shit in this thing. <laughs> I love dark humor like that. I love yeah. the, the worst situations. Like like, so I'm watching Barry right now. Barry is on HBO. And yeah, it's Bill Hader. I don't know if you ever watched it. I haven't. I
0: I just got, so I moved in with my uh, new roommate and I finally have streaming services back. Uh, Through Uh, my breakup, I had to sell all my my shit basically, PS4 and everything. So I had to, I lost all my streaming services. uh,
1: Barry on HBO is my new fucking like all-time favorite show. It's Bill Hader, who's one of my all-time favorite guys on SNL. He's just hilarious. He's also from Tulsa.
0: Yeah. His, uh, believe it's his father that comes into arnie's all the time really yeah i i um, I,
1: I, I don't i'm in there where's arnie's you, at
0: arnie's it's across the street from uh well it used to be woody's it's reds now okay uh it's blue dome district like literally the blue dome is connected to arnie's okay um love that bar but yeah no uh bill haters oh. I, I believe it's his dad that comes in there all the time i kind of wanted i didn't want to cut you off earlier yeah, go ahead um but you had mentioned something about like childhood trauma, yeah. And uh, so, like, I can't remember. How to, you didn't elaborate
1: on what it was. Do you want that to be one of your second your questions? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I was real talk. I was sexually assaulted like in my teens. Um, it's a little hazy on the year. I, I want to say I was like eleven or twelve. Uh, it's it, it was young. It was my best friend. Um, I'm not gonna say names, but like they were big into the church and stuff like that, and he forced me to blow him. And then it became a thing of like if anybody, if you tell anybody, nobody's gonna believe you because of are born in the church. And him and his mom kind of like they were like yeah. the church people. And like, uh, it was one of those things where I couldn't tell anybody. And if like you told anybody, nobody's gonna believe you because you're not with the church and kind of mm-hmm. shit. And that kind of stigma happened. And that's why I'm also not very religious. And that kind of fucked with me with church and religion a lot. I was raised in
0: a Southern Baptist church, and like the psycho shit that they forced into our heads, yeah. was just honestly crazy yeah like i i didn't understand like even as a kid at a certain point i was like you realize what you just said was fucking stupid right yeah so i i don't believe in god like i'm i'm, I'm atheist
1: um iris
0: i i'm fully atheist i wouldn't call myself an atheist um i believe I, there's agnostic probably, would probably be the more term yeah ag- agnostic for. would probably be more accurate for me um but the god i believe in is a 12 year old playing sims it's really angsty <laughs> <laughs> and every
1: once in a while, he just yanks the ladder out of the pool. My thing is, like, I'm not... So, like, I dabble between atheism and agnostic just because of, like... Basically, like, I'm not stupid enough to say there's nothing out there. I'm mm-hmm. not smart enough to say there's absolutely nothing out there. There no, might be something no. out there. Might. I'm open up to the chance that there might. But until then, like, I'm not fucking waiting in on it. You <laughs> like, know, you know, it's I, not my thing.
0: I really don't value any of my opinions yet. I'm yeah. I'm 24 years old. Like... I don't have enough life experience yet for anyone to take anything thought wise that I've just come up with, yeah. Like wholeheartedly, yeah. I'm um,
1: 34. Um, I've been divorced twice. Tried to commit suicide twice. You know, depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. sexual assault. You know, what I've had that shit happen. You know, I've had a lot of trauma and shit like that. So, like, I'm on the other side of it now, and fuck it. I'm, I don't want to say I feel invincible, but like, there's nothing yeah. really phases me too much anymore. I try not to.
0: Yeah. So. I said that my, my my grandparents raised my brother and I mostly, and uh, grandfather was a he was a drill sergeant in Korea. Okay, um, soft spoken but very scary man. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he, honestly, like he didn't look threatening and at all until he was mad, and he would just give you this look. But he never did anything. My grandmother, however, was abusive as fuck. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know how he idly sat by and watched that shit happen. But, um, yeah, no, that was fucking debilitating as a kid. However, yeah. they didn't have a trampoline, and over there we were allowed to watch WWE, but not at, like, our actual house. Yeah. um, Which, giving two kids that entertainment and then saying, here's a trampoline, turns into my brother and I beating the ever-loving shit out of each <laughs> other. Oh, I, I was Rey Mysterio. He was fucking Triple H, and we would just That's fight. Yeah. Since, since you shared your side of like the trauma thing, yeah. I would like to share mine before yeah. I get done. Dude,
1: dude, you, you're perfectly fine. I'm just waiting. Yeah. We're literally gonna yeah. be like right okay. here in a second. Uh, but yeah, like so, like that was my trauma it was just the sexual assault from there, and then like basically it made me my whole life just I'm run on shame. Like mm-hmm. I'm wired now for shame. Like I'm a very shame driven individual. Um, I went through therapy after my you know second divorce or second wife wife left with me, and you know I've work through a lot of shit in therapy. Therapy really yeah. saved me a lot.
0: And Oh, I got back in therapy recently and it's Really? Um it's un it's uncovering a lot of shit that I've repressed yeah. from my past and uh I've I forced myself to not like I stay busy for a reason. Like uh one of the people I work with at the bar was they were like uh why do you why do you work yourself into the dirt so often? I'm like so I don't think about things. <laughs> Yeah, that's facts. I was like, I, I'm not career driven. I yeah. am, I'm, don't think about your shit driven. Yeah. Like, I, I've, I, was able to actually watch a little bit of the, uh, one you did with Garrett. Yeah. I was like, I know Garrett well enough to know how he is. Yeah. And, uh, actually, we were on the same job site, uh, about a month ago. Really? So he works for a bricking company and I'm an electrician. Yeah. So we were working on, uh, I don't know if I should name the company. You can, yeah, or you can just censor it. It was a bank. Okay. Um, but we were working and we were just run into each other every single day. Sure, it was really fun, actually. Um, but I don't know where I was going with that. But you anyway, saw him on the episode, and, like, yeah? No. Oh
1: yeah, I honestly think the Garrett one was one of my better ones. Um, it was really good. Um,
0: I saw it like. when I was listening, I was, he was talking about his mom and I was like, okay, so we can like get into like dark, like deep shit. Yeah. I was like, I I didn't know if that was going to be comfortable. That's why I was like, I don't know if you want to share your, I want you to be comfortable.
1: I'll be comfortable on everything. And like I said, once it gets the editing bay, I'm an open book on
0: anything. Uh, that's what I was getting into. with like my, my grandparents, um, all that trauma. And then when they passed away, uh, I didn't feel anything, which was kind of weird. Um, but I think that was just basically from me, like, resenting their existence. Which yeah. is fucking... And now that I'm older and, like, I've had time to think about it really sad. Um, but I didn't feel anything. And I make jokes about, like, I, I have jokes about my grandparents. Yeah. Dying. Um, but I, I think that helps me deal with that shit. Yeah, I mean... Um,
1: I mean, a lot of us. I mean, I have that thing where it's like, you know, in the worst times, I'm the first one to crack jokes or just nervous laughter kind oh, of thing. Like, like I'm the guy that's gonna laugh at a funeral, like that fucking lyric yeah, says. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, but like my like you were talking about, I guess you were mentioning sexual abuse. Yeah, I I didn't experience that more so than I was groomed. So I started hanging out in Tulsa whenever I was like really young,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like 15, and hanging out with people that were probably. 25 like mid 20s yeah and all of the girls were i was hooking up with yeah and it wasn't until i was probably about uh, 20 that i was like my brother mentioned he was like you know you were getting like statutory raped that entire time right It's like oh fuck that's why i like older women now yeah i've been freaking like i've been wired to it yeah yeah
1: as an electrician yeah you got (laughs) wired
0: I got wired to that, yes. Yeah. which is it's just fucking frightening. Like my my ex fiance is thirty four, I'm twenty four. Yeah, I met her when I was
1: eighteen. I mean, if we want to talk real talk, I'm, I'm I identify as bi now. Um, mm-hmm. I came out after that because I I repressed my feelings for men for twenty years. Like you know, getting shame driven, and anytime that came up or anytime I had like a feeling like it was weird, like keeping her repressed like in high school and stuff, I would have these like urges like. Oh, that guy, I should kiss that guy or something like that. You know, then I was like, shame, instant shame and shit like that. And I just didn't deal with that shit for years. And, you know, suicide attempts and stuff like that. just didn't deal with it until therapy and I really came out. um, When I had a, I had a suicide note for my second wife whenever she was leaving me. Mm -hmm. And I converted it to like a goodbye note when she left me. And that was the first time I ever told anybody. And I never even said it in, I couldn't even say it in public. I could talk out loud. It was, I wrote it down as a suicide note of like my history. And that was the first time I ever told anybody. And then through therapy and stuff, I can now be more open about it and talk about it. But mm-hmm. even now, that's influenced a lot of shit, and it's like clicked, like real talk. To- no, we're not gonna get in there. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, that, I make blowjob jokes on fucking on fucking yeah. on set now, but like, yeah, it happens now. It happened back from my trauma. It's just I'm kind of wired that way now.
0: So my brother came out to me as bisexual, and um, he started crying, and it really bothered me that he thought I would be. Because he was like, I thought you would be... I, I was scared that you were going to be mad or, like, wouldn't like me anymore. I was yeah. like, why the fuck would I not like you for that?
1: That shame? Um, that, that, that I it, was, it's a scary I mean, thing.
0: I felt like, I, I mean, in hindsight, seeing, like, hearing myself say, why would you think that was kind of disenfranchising his fear of it. But I was like, I love you no matter what, dude. Yeah. And, like, watching him cry about it, I was like, it made me angry. Yeah. I was like... Fuck anyone that would ever make you feel lesser. Yeah, for that. And like, that that's kind of how I am with my no family now. No one else's now. fucking business.
1: Um, I have like, re- I have relatives that you know I don't talk to anymore. Um yeah. because of and it's they'll label this other stuff, but it's this. Yeah. Um. Uh, but it's one of those things. I mean, I, it's just a part of my family I don't talk to anymore uh, because of this, and it's just you know I'm not gonna ever. My thing is like I don't need love with an asterisk. No. I don't need, like, hey, we'll hang out with you as long as you don't talk about this or dress this way or anything like this or bring anybody around. We'll uh, hang out with you. I
0: am unapologetically myself always. That's where um, I am in
1: 2023. I'm finally myself. Like I've
0: I've always been that way. I've I've always had a rule that I don't do anything I don't want to. Yeah. To, I mean, obviously, to an extent. Like, I wake up in the mornings, I don't want to go to work. Yeah. But I do it. Yeah. But outside of that scope, like what keeps me alive. I don't do shit I don't want to do. Yeah. So if I'm doing something for you or with you, it's because I want to. Okay. Um. I uh, It's just a, a steadfast rule I have and for myself. Me, and me, like I'm it learning. Just, it protects you. Yeah.
1: I'm learning to get more like that. Um. Like I said, growing up, I'm very shame driven, and also as a big dude, like I'm the big type of big dude that like always try to ma- make myself the smallest person in the room. Like I was always like aware of how big I am, so I'm always like trying to like be cautious of like, you know, sidestepping and I don't want to make a big scene. I don't want to be an embarrassment. I don't want to, I don't want to be the fucking stick out in the fucking room. So you like, I just, how I'm, I'm developed and how I I perceive myself.
0: I was the exact opposite of that. So I was, I'm the biggest I've ever been. I, when I was 21, I was probably about five, I don't know, seven and weighed a hundred pounds soaking wet, very unhealthy. Yeah. Um, And I had been tiny my entire life with a large older brother and his friends were massive. Yeah. So I just got the shit kicked out of me all the time. Um, They would play a game trying to drown me sometimes in the fucking pool. Fuck. Um, Shout out to my brother's best friend. Um, (laughs) Shout out to kids. He still has a bite mark on his leg.
1: (laughs) Facts. You left your mark.
0: Yeah, I did. Um, But yeah, no, growing up, like being like, bullied for being tiny Yeah, was really weird. And, like, I always make self... I still to this day make self-deprecating jokes about me being small. Yeah. And one of the bartenders I work with the other day was stopping me. They were like, you're not small anymore. You know that, right? And I was like, but I still have that fucking, like, little man, like, yeah. complex. Yeah. To a certain extent. I'm like, I know I have to, like, punch up to yeah. actually hit.
1: I'm like... I just, I've always been that big guy that's aware that I'm a big dude with tattoos, so I try to always let, I'm like, I'm like, always trying to make myself look less threatening
0: kind of thing. Oh, I had to make myself look more threatening.
1: Oh. I had to, I just, I'm always aware of that, and I'm also like a big teddy bear kind of guy. Like, it takes yeah. a lot to get angry. Um, I'm that guy that, like, if you can really get me angry, really get me there, run. Because yeah. then I fucking go nuts. Like, it, but it takes a lot to get that out of my, my, me. My
0: fight or flight is always fight, but... That's just out of survival yeah. instincts because I know I'm tiny.
1: See, my thing um, is, like, as soon as my body, like, giving blood, um, there's certain things that, like, as soon as it happens, bam, I'll just black out. Just instantly black out. And uh, I'm very claustrophobic. I found that out because I tried to do a sleep study for, like, my oh, sleep apnea. And they strapped me to the bed and put all that shit on me, and I lasted an hour and had a full-blown panic attack. They had to call an ambulance to get me on oxygen because... I was strapped down and they're like, "You know you're claustrophobic, right?" And I'm like, "Well, I do now." Like, <laughs> like, never was professionally diagnosed with claustrophobia but till then, but yeah. So and you- that's why I can't do the Stellar sometimes. Like I, I'm very careful with oh, the those
0: Stellar. Those low ceilings make me like I mean, it feels comfy in there sometimes yeah. and then when it gets packed and like there's nowhere to sit yeah. and it's I go into full panic mode. Like
1: when Roscoe and Katie had their pr- pr- proposal thing, oh, uh, when it was slammed, yeah. I was so triggered. Um like
0: I had I had left I got cut from work early enough that I thought I was gonna make it for that. And I walk up and they're outside and Katie's like, Look at my ring. I was like, Well fuck, I missed it. <laughs> uh,
1: I did that and like so like the cellar's great. I love the I love the, the place. It's just for my claustrophobia, my shit with like anti anxiety and all that shit. I have to do it in waves. So I'll mm-hmm. go down there, sign up, yeah. have a beer or something like that. 15, 20 minutes. It's i It's kind of like up. building a tolerance too. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, I'll go up and down. I, I don't go, I can't even go in the oh, bathrooms. I, I the bathrooms am... freak me the fuck out. Like, that's how oh, hard you my You parents... want to do Coke off their mirror? Nah. I'm not a big Coke head yet. Yeah. Um...
0: <laughs> I used to do blow, but no, not anymore.
1: Now I just blow. Um... <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: Touche. We're unloading meat. Yeah. Oh, my, uh, so my handle on. Like any social media is Jesus
1: Christ
0: mm-hmm. I like that. and uh has been my gamer tag for a while on anything, and uh, it came from one of my friends one night we were at this hotel party, just drunk as fuck, and uh i think I think I had smoked d m t that night jeez, but jesus, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is right, but she was so drunk that she said the Christ is Jesus right. Christ, but she said, Jesus Christ. And I looked at her, I was like, I'm stealing that. And then just sat back down out of my DMT trip. I was like, that was fucking clever. I know you didn't mean to do it, but clever. Can um, I just
1: say that Christ is right sounds like some kind of like Christian theme price is right spin off? <laughs> Come on down. It's the like, Veggie Tales version. And you know what? They come on down. The stairway of heaven. Um <laughs> look under your seat, everyone. You get salvation. <laughs> and you get a halo. And you get a halo and you get a halo. <laughs> God, God damn, damn it. it. <laughs> well, Jace, man, where can everybody find you at? Where can I reach you at? Book you. Where uh, uh where are you available at Instagram? Anything?
0: On Twitter, uh, it's at Jesus Christ. Okay. Um on Instagram jace kins and uh find me on facebook my name is jace kinser
1: nice man well dude i just gotta say thank you so much for bringing on the show this thank has you been for a fun me. episode i i can't wait to go back and watch this and like edit it and like work on it i cannot
0: I, wait for you to send it to me because i'm i'm
1: excited it's gonna be a fucking great episode dude uh thank you so much for coming on thank unloading meat me. uh guys that has been jace kinser this guy has been jared ralphie allen take care peace
0: I'm I'm loading
1: the mama, loading the meat, I'm loading the mama, loading the meat. I am loading the mama loading meat i do not even know what it means, what it is, what it is, what it is. Bye, have a great time.